Welcome to Ikoyi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Let's turn to page 42 of our workbook. Building your congregation. Building your congregation. We are working now with the assumption that we have attracted the crowd from the community to worship. And having attracted the crowd from the community to worship, we have the intention of turning them to members, turning regular attenders into members. And this is where the work begins. This is where uh, sometimes it's quite tough in the church ministry, especially the work of a pastor. Can you raise your left hand? Five fingers, isn't it? We have what we call the ministry gifts. You can bring down your hand. The ministry gifts, there are five. The first is the apostle, followed by the prophet. We normally do like this. Thus saith the Lord. The middle finger is the evangelist. Then you talk about the pastor and the teacher. These fivefold ministry gifts are meant to do one thing or the other. In the local church. Whereas is the work of the evangelists to go out and bring souls into the congregation. To attract the crowd. Even though we call Nathaniel Bassi pastor. But the work he does, the ministry he does is principally evangelistic in nature. To pull crowd to the kingdom. So having pulled the crowd into the four walls of the building is now the work of the pastor to sit down to begin to sort out and to build the lives that God sent to the church. Hallelujah. How many of us have been fishermen before? When the fisherman throws the net into the river, the river will bring fish and other things. Is that not so? What are the other things that comes in the net? Sometimes crab. Sometimes what else? Deaths. Sometimes you can even bring snake. So all kinds of things comes into the net when the evangelist throws his nest. It's not the duty of the pastor to sit down, open the net, and begin to do what? Sort things out. The one that is fish. He said, fish is what I'm looking for, not snake. What do you do to the snake? You kill the snake and throw it out. This is the crucial 
aspect of the pastoral ministry that is tough. And somehow it takes the gut, courage for a pastor to do certain things in the congregation. But the goal in the long run is so that the church can be rapturable when the owner of the church comes. So we want to see how we can build Ikoye Baptist Church. How we can turn regular attenders into members. And I want to encourage us as we go on this morning. If you have been a regular attender in the church, praise God. There's nothing wrong with it. Nobody's going to chase you away. It's your father's house. But beyond being a regular attender, decide that you want to move forward in your commitment to God and to the people of God by taking membership. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once you gather a crowd of regular attenders, you must then begin to form them into a congregation. You discover that the circle of commitment begins to get smaller with this process. The process of turning the crowd into a congregation is called incorporation or assimilation. Assimilation is the task of moving people from awareness of your church to attendance of your church to active membership in your church. Not the community. Talks about that church. The community, we are talking about the community, we are talking about those who are outside. If they want to refer to us, what do they say? That church. But for us, what do we say? Our church. Why? Because we have not taken ownership. Members have a sense of ownership. This is different from being floating believer. Upping from one church to another without any identity, accountability, or commitment. The Christian life involves more than just believing. It includes belonging. The Christian life involves more than believing. It's more than believing in Christ. It includes belonging. Belonging. And God wants you not just to believe, but to belong. Being a member of a church meant becoming a vital organ of a living body. Assimilation of new members into your church fellowship does not happen automatically. You must have a system and a structure in place to assimilate and keep the people we reach. Otherwise, they will not stay. They will come in through the front door and go through the back door. And that is why we are making effort to see how God can help us in this assignment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At a point in our training, one Sunday we're going to have a formal induction for all of us because those who will be coming after us, we follow that route. And I'll be showing us some of the things we'll be doing as we press on. Hallelujah. 
building your congregation, turning attenders into members. Scripture says, now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. For us to turn attenders into members, the first thing we need to do is to create an atmosphere where people want to join. We must create an atmosphere where people will like to join. We may have beautiful structure like we have here, good music and all that. But if one thing is missing, nobody will stay here. And what is that thing that we drop people and keep people here? Which atmosphere are we talking about? Is the atmosphere of love and acceptance. As atmosphere of what? Love and acceptance. Growing churches love and loving churches grow. Growing churches, what do they do? They love. And loving churches, what do they do? They grow. So love is a critical element. And that's why our sister read for us John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that you are my what? Disciples. If you do what? If you do what? Love one another. And one man of God said, it is a crime to know John 3.16 and not to know First John 3.16. What is in John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave that very good. So what is in First John 3.16? Why did you give it to them now? I was, I was giving them an exam. Okay, you have already brought the expo, so give it to us, my brother. Can we read it together? This is how we know love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Hallelujah. You have to lay down your life for for who? Who are the brothers? That person sitting by you this morning. Look at your neighbor. Say, you must love me. It is compulsory. Loving me is by force, by fire. Tell your neighbor, you, you must love me or you have no choice. Our love in the church must not be selective. It must be sacrificial. We must love everybody equally regardless of your tribe, of your tongue, 
your color, or whatever. The only thing that will make the world to know that we are Christ's disciples is when they see us lavishing love on one another. So how can I love somebody I don't know his name or her name? So to your right, to your left again this morning, do you know your neighbor's name? Do you know your neighbor's name? How can I claim that I love my brother that it's only on Sunday that I see him in church? Once you share the grace again now, we don't know anything about each other until another Sunday. It shouldn't be so. The early church, they loved themselves so much that they were breaking bread from house to house. They know each other's homes. Ask your neighbor, do you know my house? Oh yeah, ask your neighbor, ask your neighbor, do you know my house? And you said you love me by, by fire. And you don't know my house. <laughs> Let me tell your neighbor, you must repent today. And love me by force, by fire. Whether I'm lovable or unlovable, you must love me. Are you hearing me? Tell your neighbor whether I'm lovable or unlovable, you must love me. Christ is telling you that you must love me. Hallelujah. It's my prayer that the Lord will tear down every wall of partition. Every barrier to loving ourselves the way Christ does. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Growing churches love and loving churches grow. Position your church as a family, not an institution. When you're talking about institution, there's no feeling in institution. Formality is the order of the day. The thing you're talking about family relationship is critical. Number two, communicate the value of membership. Communicate the value of membership. The three parts of the Christian life is one, believing. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. The second part is belonging. Belong to the church. You are a member of God's very own family. And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Number three is becoming. Becoming like who? Becoming like Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. So can we repeat those three parts of the Christian life again? Believing, belonging, and becoming. Some only stop at number one, believing. But in addition to believing, we are to do what? We are to belong. And the purpose of belonging is so that we can be transformed to become 
like Jesus. Each time God looks at the church from heaven, all he's looking for is to see men and women who resemble Christ. Did you get that? That each time God looks from above into our congregation, he wants to see men and women who are like who? Like Christ, not like the pastor. Like Jesus. Even the pastor must resolve to grow to become like who? Like Christ. And it's my prayer that that purpose will be accomplished in Jesus' name. There are benefits of church membership. Just like in every other organization you belong to, there are benefits. And we have them listed there. It identifies me as a genuine believer. It provides me a spiritual family to support and encourage me. When I'm down, the first family that will rally around me is my church family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I pray all of us will have that understanding. That if in my family I have brothers who are not born again, and I have you here that are Christians born again, you are actually closer to me than that biological brother that is not a Christian. Why? The blood of Christ, the blood that is shed on the cross of Calvary by which you are redeemed and redeemed has brought us to a stronger tie. So that is why when you are going through stuff, it's a church you call. And the church should be there to attend to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we go on in our understanding in the purpose-driven church and all that, we want to trust God to bring the church closer to every member. And one way is to operate the small group approach. When the church is growing bigger, you grow smaller through the small group to making sure that every member of the church benefits from church membership. When there's any challenge, you ask fellowship member, Sunday school member, small group, rally around you immediately. And when they cannot handle the problem at the house fellowship level, what would they do? They come to the larger church. Don't be lost in the crowd. Belong. Be active. Another membership benefit is that it gives me a place to discover and use my gifts in ministry. For it places me under the spiritual protection of godly leaders. Worshippers, very good. But we are not covered. What brings you under cover is your membership. Because whatever God is doing from heaven above through the leadership, we flow naturally to the members. 
Those of us who are the VG, we talk about David and his men. The oil flowed from David down to his men and every giant that they met on their way, God gave them victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church membership gives me accountability. I need to grow. Other things like naming ceremony, getting married, uh, getting uh, all those special programs done, they are all tied to church membership. Number three, turning attenders into members, develop a plan to assimilate new members. Develop a plan. And some of the questions that will help us to develop that plan are the ones listed there. What does God expect from members of his church? What do we expect our members from our members right now? What kinds of people already make up our congregation? How will that change in the next five to ten years and so on and so forth? Not five questions prospective members ask. And the first question they ask is, what is the question? Do I fit here? And that is a question of acceptance. And that starts from the gate, from the parking lot, from the welcoming ministry, from the officials, from the way we relate with ourselves. A newcomer, a guest asks that question as they set their feet on this compound. Do I fit here? Are they going to accept me? And once they sense that the people are not going to accept them, they will manage the service, but they will not come back next time. Number two, does anybody want to know me? Friendship. Friendship. A research was conducted of about 4,000 people who left a particular, I mean, in a particular church. Their pastor left after many years, but they were still in the church. And they were asking them, why didn't you go when your pastor left? Many of them said, I joined that church actually because of the pastor. But the reason why I didn't go when the pastor left was because I've made friends in that church. Who are your friends in IBC? Can I ask you, do you have friends? Let me ask your neighbor, do you have friends? Some of us are lone ranger. Hmm? So may the Lord give you friends. Correct friends. In Jesus' name. The third question prospective members ask is, am I needed? Am I needed? Question of value. People want to make contributions with their lives. And can I say to you this morning that you are needed in IBC. We need you. Hallelujah. Can you let me look at your neighbor and say, Pastor is saying to you that you are needed here. We need you seriously.
I was telling the welcoming team yesterday in our retreat. You can imagine if the pastor will be the one at the gate this morning to open the gate. When he finished, he will come and stay here and welcome everybody to church. Offer three time, he will collect the bag and collect offering. Sing in the choir. What next? Read the Bible. Preach. Play the violin. At the end of the service, what are you going to have? Is it just burnout? So God has ordained it in this way that every member of the church has something unique to contribute. There's no member of any local church that is useless. You may be so quiet that people from time to time do not even notice your presence, but you are not useless. You have something to contribute. There are quite a number of things that several of us here can do than pastors. Because that is the area God has gifted you. So I'll be foolish to say I will do everything. I can't do any, everything and you can't do everything. We all need to, the songwriter say, collaborate. Eh? We need to do what? Collaborate. Let me tell your neighbor again that you can contribute to this church. You are of great value. Hallelujah. And I pray that the Lord will help you to understand that he has sent you here to contribute something. What is the advantage of joining? I think that's a natural question all of us ask. Hmm? We'll be telling lies. If you say you are joining an organization without an expectation of what you will benefit. I love Peter. Peter will not hide his feeling. One day he look at Jesus and say, Jesus, this thing you call us to be doing, to be following you all about, what, what is the need for us? What are we going to benefit? We left our papa, left our mama, left our wives and children. Come they do follow, follow ministry. What are we going to gain? Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, relax. No man has left father, mother, sisters for the sake of the kingdom of God and will not be highly rewarded. You will get more than this here and up there. There are benefits of church membership. One of it is love that you can get anywhere else. What is required of members? Expectations. So when you become a member, the church also has expectations from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My time is up because we are working with time. I thought I could finish this today so that next Sunday we move on, but so far so good. Hallelujah. But can I share a scripture with you to close? 
and we use that to pray briefly. Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. From verse 19 and 20. Can we read together? Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. You see why we, we must move from the crowd to the congregation. They won the crowd over. What did they do to Paul? They stoned Paul and did what? Dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. Is there anybody here that has been stoned before? They stoned him to the point that they thought he was dead, and they dragged him outside the city. What was the support he got? The brothers, the disciples. Can we read? But after. The disciples had gathered around him. He got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for that. What's the lesson I want to leave with you? When you are stoned out there, when life throws all kinds of stuff at you. There's a place where you can find refuge. Where you can find support. Where you can find strength. Each time I read that passage, please don't leave it. I'm always amazed that the disciples did not even pray. Did you see prayer there? What was it that they did? They just gathered around Paul, just from a circle. There's healing that flows when we operate in unity and love. Tell your neighbor, you must love me, whether you like it or not. We hope you were blessed. Ikoi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at 5 to 7 Latif Jackanier. Ikoi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook at Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 0163-204-85 and 0163-204-86. For more information, please visit the church website at www.ikoibaptistchurch.org.com.